0: And welcome to episode three of Soccer Spotlight. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Heller. Alongside me is Ryan Campbell. Ryan, how are we doing?
1: I'm good. How are you, Anthony? Today? Hey, we're
0: doing good. We're doing good. Just got uh, just got out of class and uh, ready to ready to talk some soccer.
1: Same, same. No, Excited for this. This is, a, this is the high point of my day today.
0: <laughs> I understand that. Uh, we'll we'll run you through uh, what we're gonna cover this episode. Uh, got of course the men and the women uh, here at Susquehanna did play last night um, teams in, in a bit of uh, contrasting fortunes right now but uh we'll also cover some uh, some big games that happened this weekend and in this week in the Champions League uh, and we'll take a look at this weekend's round of games in the Premier League uh, and start with, the Champions League games this week. Let's start with uh, Northland, and let's go back to uh, to last weekend. Uh, let's take a look at what happened uh, in the games this weekend. So uh, the two we want to cover, we're going to cover the two derbies that were played this weekend. Uh, Arsenal-Tottenham, uh, quite a result for, uh, for the Gunners.
1: Yeah, real good. I have to say, Arsenal started off the game real good. Tottenham grew into the match in the first half, and it was even up at the break, 1-1. Both teams looked real good. I was afraid for Arsenal going to the second half, but second half, they came out strong and firing. Arsenal, two goals, Bukal Saka with De Hugo Larisco and Gabriel Jesus scoring it after error, and the second one was Green Jaco, of all people scoring. It was a real complete performance, I feel like, you a stamp to show Arsenal is back. And I think Arsenal is a real threat this year. Yeah, they, they could really, this.
0: really compete. Uh well I I think um given the circumstances, um that game could have ended a whole lot differently had it not been the red card. Um
1: did you think it was a red card, yes or no?
0: Honestly, I haven't seen it.
1: I think, I'll watch
0: it. I'll pull it up right now.
1: I think it was a high challenge in my opinion. But at the same time, I feel like it should, wasn't a red card type of play. I feel like it was a little harsh from Emerson Royale. But at the uh, same time, he kind of put himself in that position. Yeah. He made the challenge.
0: After <laughs> so, seeing it, I, I, I've got to say, it's one of those it's one of those right it's it's one of those where you can see it being given as a red it's one of those you can see it being given as a yellow
1: but at the same time i i don't feel remorse for emerson real that for other people because he put himself in that position to make a challenge when you saw the game in real time i saw it i was watching it in real time he gabriel martinelli was going back to the goal i think that was a player that he stepped on why would you make a challenge like that in Nibla and take a bite at him if he's going back to his own goal to his own corner that's stupid. Everyone knows that don't do anything. Just pressure him and don't do anything stupid. You literally want to put a stud into him and try to make a challenge. So I don't feel any remorse for that because it, stu- it was stupid on his part to even put the referee in that position.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he makes he gives the referee a decision to make. And the thing is, it's not the the nature of the challenge. It's the fact that it's so high, I think, is what makes the referee go go for the red card. You know, I um, think
1: that's the reason VR couldn't overturn it too.
0: Yeah, I think I think you've gotta say when you look at that, if he puts that same challenge in at foot level, I, I don't think I don't think it's a red. But since it's come so high up his leg, I think there's no excuse. I think it, it's it's one of those where you could probably justify it being given as a yellow, but the the end of the day, a red is absolutely not a wrong call.
1: I didn't like how some people were slamming the red though for saying it was a wrong call. I think in the rest position in real time, it looked like red to him and he couldn't go back on it because it was borderline the way it was. It was you could kinda see a little bit of force in it, but at the same time it was really hot and you could see wipes and malicious intent.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's endangering an opponent with excessive force and, and, and I mean you, you gotta go. Uh I think again, it it's really it's the height of the challenge. It, you can't tackle that high and expect to get away with it. I think that's just the, the reality that we're we're in right now. Um uh especially as far as player safety, um, you know, there's a more there's a bigger emphasis than that on that, uh than there ever really has been. Uh and I, I think that means that with with challenges that can be dangerous and and can be potential leg breakers. Um, more and more often now, you're going to see players sent off for that.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I have one more question to ask you about the game. Antonio Conte after the red right card, he shut down the shop. He basically took off Son and Richardson and Bruno Matt Doherty, and I think it was another defender. His name escapes me right now. But what do you think about that that he shut down shop and just tried to park the bus basically? Do you uh, think that was a wrong call because they already were down three one
0: Absolutely, yes. I, I don't think when you're chasing a game, especially when you're down to ten, if you if you try to just sit back and park the bus when you're down to ten, it it, it honestly it can't go well. I, I don't think there's a there's an excuse for doing that. Um after being down to ten men, three one down, that's where you throw on an extra attacker. Especially because you you start the game playing with five defenders. At that point, I think what you do is you take off. You take off one of your three center backs, put on a right back. Like could have, he took off um, Longley uh, when he made uh, four substitutes at once there when he brought on his two. Uh, defenders, and instead of doing the logical thing and uh, bringing on Doherty or head Jed Spence on the bench too, mm-hmm. he goes and he instead of that he brings on Davinson Sanchez, he brings on Basuma, and then he brings on two new wing backs, um, yeah. and so he they, takes off parashich
1: And Amy, and also Sun too.
0: Yeah, and then he takes off Son and Uh And I, I think that when you're down to 10 men, you have to play a back four.
1: I think at the time, in my opinion, my thoughts was that Conte, he was trying to save himself from embarrassing because I think Conte was afraid of Arsenal, to be honest, right there at that time after the red card. Because I think Conte didn't want embarrassment of Tottenham like how United had in the other game. Because I think t- Conte was just saying, all right. Three one doesn't look that bad. If say Arsenal were to score two more, five uh, one or something, I, that's why I think Conte was kind of protecting. I didn't like the move to be honest. I think it was a move that he was playing just to get the result and get there, get the three one at that point.
0: Yeah, I think you could go two ways. You know, you see teams coming back with ten men, um, you know, like against the odds. Uh, but it's not because they sat back you're not coming back if you sit back if you're down in a game you should not be closing up shop at like either way it's it's zero points that's that's the bottom line is it's either you risk losing 5-1 but you also there's a chance you draw 3-3 closing up shop you're going to keep the score at 3-1 you're not going to score but you might you're probably not going to concede so i think i think if you make that gamble um, and go to a back four and go to a what probably would have been a four-two-three or something like that, um, you make that gamble and you you do actually have a chance. You know, there's a a better chance of you getting a, a heavy defeat put on you, but also a much better chance of getting a point, uh, which they didn't get because they they didn't make that. Um, attacking, they didn't ask the questions offensively, and that's that's what set them back, I think.
1: Um, Let's move on to the Manchester Derby right now because that was a real interesting game, too.
0: How about that? A nine-goal thriller
1: in the Derby. Uh say nine-goal thriller. In my opinion, it was Manchester United getting destroyed.
0: And then they scored two goals at the end. It could have been ten. Like that's that's the reality. I think really every time City play, it's it's a situation of it could have been ten. Um,
1: what are your thoughts on Erling Haaland? Because I think personally, me, I think he is the best player in the world right now. I he
0: probably is. Uh, you know, I I I do want to give credit where it's due to Neymar, who's had a very good season. Yeah. I want to give credit where it's due to De Bruyne uh who has eight assists in what is it eight games yeah eight games he's eight assists in eight games how do you, there's there's not much uh that more that needs to be said uh about that man city has scored twenty nine goals so far this season that's just about four a game it's it's almost boring they're they're scoring so much
1: uh i think it's unfair like they were already a top really good team and you had Erling Haaland and you thought the team couldn't become even more dangerous and it became more dangerous yeah no
0: i i do think you know there's a topic there's there's something to be said about the finances in that uh but that's a topic for another time i think
1: yeah, uh do you think the premier league will come become like the bundesliga where you could see man city dominating almost every year with Holland
0: you know i could see it the thing is, I don't think Holland stays at City for very long.
1: I don't either, but I think he stays for like at least three years because of, because of father pulled.
0: Yeah, well, uh, so the the thing is here, um, Erling Holland does have a release clause that comes into play at the end of next season. So at the end of the twenty three twenty four season, uh, it's one hundred and forty five million, um, and the the rumor is word on the street is that. Real Madrid are just going to jump and pick him off once that release clause comes into play. And I think if you're a world-class player, uh, y- you don't y- you can't say no to Real Madrid.
1: What if Barcelona comes chopping too and Lewandowski is going by that time? Do you I, I don't
0: think. Because the thing is, right now and probably in three years' time, What's what's the more desirable project? Is it to be the long long term heir for Ronaldo or go to Barcelona who have who have been on the been on a downward spiral. I don't think they're gonna be coming straight back up. I think their form is gonna fall off a table. Um you know, I, I really don't think that Barcelona has the the appeal that Real Madrid does right now. Um, And I don't think they will when it becomes relevant, when it's time for somebody to pick off Holland.
1: Um, Let me ask you one question, though. Do you think that, say Mbappe goes to Madrid and Holland goes to Madrid, do you think both of them could play in the same team together?
0: uh, No.
1: That's the one problem I had with Real Madrid because – Everyone knows Mbappe is going to Real Madrid sometime. He chose money right now, but I would be shocked. I would put my future house on the line that M- Mbappe doesn't go to Real Madrid because he's always he's a Madrid boy, heart by heart. Paris had to give him like a huge contract just to keep him. I think next year, I think next time his contract runs out or sometime in this contract he's going to Madrid.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, I think he he ends up at Madrid. I think there's there's I think there's a reality here with Mbappe that he plays for three clubs in his career. Th- three, four uh, with Monaco. Uh, you know, which get Monaco.
1: You, which other one do you think besides Real Madrid? I th-
0: I think he plays. I think at some point he plays at Liverpool.
1: Liverpool. I think
0: I think he plays the prime of his career. I think after his current contract runs up. I think he goes to Liverpool. And he wow. here's here's my theory. You know, he's always wanted to play for Real Madrid, but he'll still be good enough for Madrid. I think I think that he he's gonna want to play the prime part of his career on a team where he is gonna be guaranteed to be the best player in that team. And with Real Madrid, when which we imagine that Holland will be there at the time. There's no guarantee of that. At Liverpool, there's there's gonna be that guarantee because Salah his form has not been what it was. I don't think Luis Diaz is gonna be able to compare. I don't think Darwin Nunez is gonna get to that level. Um, you know, I don't think Trent can be considered in that situation. Uh, Van Dijk won't be in the situation where Van Dijk because Van Dyke there was a time. You know, in 2019, where Van Dijk legitimately was the best player in the world. Uh, There was a time that Sadio Mane was the best player in the world. Um, You know, you could even argue that there was a time that Allison was the best player in the world. But that's not going to happen again, I don't think.
1: All right, let me ask you one question. though. Do you think Liverpool would pay, like, over 100 mil, like 150, or like, say... 200 mil for Mbappe if, his, if he doesn't run out his contract.
0: Uh I I that. think I think they won't do that, but I do think he's going to see out his contract at PSG and then he's going to sign for Liverpool on gotcha. a free. I think he plays 5 years. I think he plays out a contract, one contract at Liverpool, presumably a 4 or 5 year contract, then he goes to Madrid, sees out his career there.
1: That's the only way I could see Mbappe going to Liverpool. I don't see Liverpool splashing big money on him unless he runs out his contract. That's
0: not Liverpool's identity, really. No, it's not. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Darwin Nunez was, I think, a show of that. I think um, you see that Liverpool's best signings are reg- regularly not the super expensive ones. Bar Van Dyke and Allison, the majority of the best players in their team are, are pretty cheap signings. You know, Trent is an academy player. Salah wasn't really that much money. Salah was 35 million, which was decent money at the time, but less than half of Van Dyke's fee. Mane Firmino, wasn't really big money. Mane was also not big money. Firmino, who's been incredible this season, has was not big money. Uh, the three of them. You get all three of them for their fees for one Jack Grealish.
1: And maybe even Andy Robertson in there too. Andy
0: Robertson? Andy Robertson was relegated the season before he signed for Liverpool. Um, Joel Matip signed in a free. Kanade uh, was.
1: Not really that much, like 40, Not 30. much
0: more than 40 million, I don't think. Uh, Fabinho was, was on the expensive side, um, but still a very good signing.
1: But they don't spy that you Diogo
0: Jota like was 41 million. million you know it's it's that 40 million range that i think is i guess liverpool uh where they where they operate um and where they they can make the right signing at, in that 40 million, 40 million range um you know and and i guess the 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 couple big outliers you know benteke Keita, and uh, oxley chamberlain and you know, you you don't want to see it uh, with Darwin Nunez. I, I think he comes good. And also, Luis Diaz was not much more than forty five million, uh, if I'm not wrong. Um, you know, Joe Gomez was only two million, uh, and stuff. he's he,
1: was, like five,
0: but he was two million. Yeah, he was uh, from Steve. Charlton Athletic. You know, when when you sign a when you sign a youngster from League One, usually you don't play a whole lot. Um... But yeah, they they have, and and then uh, Carvalho, who has been has been uh, quietly be excellent. I think I think you know Liverpool signed three young players this season. I think I think Carvalho ends up being the best of the three.
1: My opinion. I like the way he plays already. I just... I really.
0: I re- he's really fun to watch. He's a really talented midfielder, and I think I think so far this season he's bad. At, he's he's been a little better than Harvey Elliott.
1: That's the other thing it just feels like so smooth when you watch he's
0: it. very smooth he he feels he feels like the long term uh you know i guess the the new tiago cuz yeah, yeah. the reality is right now that tiago is probably liverpool's best outfield player um i think when when you're a club like liverpool though i think i think it's a little concerning that if if you're a club that's fighting that that should be fighting for for titles, for for Champions Leagues, your best player should not be your goalkeeper. Uh, but the reality is that's probably the case right now. Um, Allison has been very good. Uh, you know, I, I I see the comparisons to to Ederson, to De Gea, to I've seen comparisons to Ramsdale. The only the only the only ah. goalkeeper. You can uh, justifiably, I think, compare to Alisson right now as Courtois. But Alisson is just levels of... In terms of the one-on-ones, and and you need a goalkeeper that can can save one-on-ones uh, when you play in the way Liverpool does with that high line. Um the number of one-on-ones he keeps out, you know how much he's 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 preventing, um, is just it it's a little bit too much to overlook. Uh, you know, Allison, I think is just about indisputably the best goalkeeper in the world. Uh, you know, there's the argument for Thibaut Courtois, but uh, I don't think you put Allison. In the Madrid team, I think they they do just about the same. I think you put Courtois on the Liverpool team, it, it's not the same. Because Courtois' skills are more just, you know, the, the, the agility, and Alisson can do that uh, pretty well as well. Um, but I think what makes Alisson so good is how good he is in one-on-ones it's you know it's a really really valuable uh ability and and liverpool are are much better with him uh i mean you, you saw adrian in the uh, community shield they didn't have that uh i guess assurance that they do with allison and the team especially like see, i i'm i still don't know how holland didn't score like 10 goals against adrian like come on
1: all right let's move on to the champions league now
0: all right let's take a look
1: let's uh, start off with Bayern Munich and Victoria Plzeň easy win 5-0 yeah
0: just about uh what you're going to going to expect to see I guess there um
1: Sadio on the scoresheet but the one thing I want to talk about though is Jamal Musiala He's,
0: he's been so good very good board. this year. Yeah. No and uh
1: into his own right now.
0: Yeah, he's really kinda coming of age, I guess. Uh I'd like to point out though, uh Bayern Byron had a COVID outbreak. They had six players in their bench. They they were they were left they were pretty much down to bare bones. Uh you know, they had not a lot um, Available But you know they, they go out there And they win 5-0 uh-huh. You know No No Muller No uh, No Kimmich You know Just about Because you know Like just about everyone Has either been exposed Or has COVID um, And you go out there And you you play like that And I guess you kind of Tell the Tell the doubters Like we don't, we don't need a full team to, to be dominant. Um, you know, when, when you get the goals, uh, I guess the goals came from everyone, didn't they? Uh, yes. Sané got himself two. Uh, you know, Musiala had a goal disallowed as well. Um, and then Chupa Modin got one as well.
1: And I think Mane had a goal too.
0: Yeah, Mane had a goal, and uh, Serge Gnabry also had a goal. They're three up in 20 minutes. Uh, it's never easy to do. Uh, so of course, Susquehanna women did it this week, though.
1: Yeah, that's an easy training ground, green for Bayern Munich, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that's a little harsh to to Pulgen. They 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 gave him a fight, uh, but the reality is, as 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 solid uh, as of a team that uh, Puljen are, there's not much they can do. Uh, I mean, you take a look at their group you can you can can tell they're they're in the group of death uh it it, you know it it feels a familiar story it feels a bit of deja vu with a a group of death with barcelona inter and a team from the czech republic Uh, i think it was Dortmund that other time um but yeah it's a it's a it's a hard group and you're never you're never going to expect too much from from a team like pulgen uh in that sort of group um you know, the question now, I think are Barcelona headed back for the Europa League?
1: I would say maybe, but I think they pulled through just they had to. I believe in Xavi. I think Xavi is a great young manager. Not believe he will just get him through. But the one thing I'll say about them-
0: they 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 have to beat Inter to make it through. I think both sides, both in both Inter and Barcelona will beat Poljan, uh, and both of them will lose to Bayern.
1: I think gets something out the Bayern game.
0: I don't, know, think, I don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough to handle it.
1: I would say last year they win, but this year with Robert and Lewandowski, Lewandowski missed some good chances that could have put him 2-2 the last game. That's why I think. Lewandowski puts those chances he had in Barring, it could have been easily 2-2 for them. That's why I say. I think they can. The one thing I'll say though, is that Bars have a real injury crisis on their hands. Frank Kessie just got injured too.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, injury crisis happened to the best of us. Uh, let's uh, head over to to Group A. How about Napoli? What's going on over there?
1: It's crazy because they, they
0: They have been in some form, haven't they?
1: They lost Mertens, Cucubali, and I think...
0: Yeah, they lost yeah. Cooley, they lost Insignia. Yeah. And, and they come out there, you go on... You... You win 6-1 away at Ajax. You beat Liverpool 4-1. And, and then, of course, you had the 3-0 win over Rangers as well. Where did this come from?
1: I don't know. To be honest, I think Napoli could be a real scary team this year. They
0: could they could be good because they're... The thing is, they're probably going to end up winning this group.
1: Um, no one would have believed you if you said that at the beginning of the group stage.
0: No, but but because they, they have goal differential in Liverpool, uh, and they have quite a lot of it, even if Liverpool do beat them at Anfield, and I do expect that to happen, um, it's going to be hard to, to to overturn that gap. Uh, you know, that you need an 11-goal swing. You're, you're probably not going to get that. Uh, you know, so I, I think that, that the two of them do go through on 15 points each. Uh, I think Ajax probably have a chance at taking something off of uh Liverpool in Amsterdam. Uh I don't think it happens, but I do think it's it, it could happen. And then another team that's that's been in really good form, uh I guess kind of out of nowhere, is 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 Brugge in in group B. Um beat Porto, beat Bayer Leverkusen, beat Atletico Madrid.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like Bruga is good but Athletic Madrid, what's happening to so them? I have real expectation they will win a group easily.
0: Yeah, and and also, uh, Bruga haven't conceded. You know, atleti Atleti have been not great this year. Um think that's that's gotta be said. Uh Jan Oblak is not nearly as good as he has been. Uh, I guess for the last two years really. Um
1: but still, the town that footy has a uh, Joao Felix, Antonio Griezmann. They, I think, they just sell his his problem with Barcelona.
0: They've got Mateus Cunha as well.
1: Yannick Carrasco, Alvaro Morata. Even though at the beginning of the season he was looking real good, they have they should have enough talent to easily win this group.
0: They d- they do really have a lot more talent than the rest of these teams. Broke though, uh, you know, De uh, Lara left. And, you know, they haven't really missed a beat. Um, Noah Long has been good. Vinakon has been good. Uh, They've got Ferran Jutgla from Barcelona. Kamal Soa as well has been excellent. Um, They've got Roman Yaremchuk. Andreas uh, Skovolson has... Has popped up a, a couple times, you know. You, they've they've got talent in this team. There 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 is talent in this team. Yes,
1: yeah, true. Let's talk about Liverpool Rangers. Easy I feel like I yeah,
0: it was, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty run of the mill game. I think it's it's a it's a solid performance. I think it's what it's, Liverpool needed It's what part. Liverpool need. It's it's a morale boost. To, to win and, and play well. Um you know, I th- I think uh credit's gotta go to to Trent, um because you know what Klopp said and uh after the game, he mentioned that uh he mentioned you know how how Rangers uh are creative from the left side. I, I think I think there's and so, so Trent didn't have have the same license that he usually does to to get forward, um, and I think that's that's a notable thing because uh, I had a look at the uh, the average positions, and it almost looked like Trent was playing center back. It it really did. It almost looked like he was playing as a third center back, because because the average position. He was in about the similar uh, he was in a very similar position to Virgil van Dyke um and I, I think I think that's really interesting because I, th- I think something's gotta have been said by Klopp to Alexander Arnold. because the thing is I don't think Trent is a bad defender, but I do I, I do think his work rate is not where it should be and I, I don't think his work rate has been where it should be and I think that's what's letting him down uh defensively.
1: I also think he's a defender that he has laps in like confidence, like laps in place sometimes. Like he won't pay attention fully to the play. And I think that's where he really gets exposed a lot of times.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I really do think it it is just a a work rate thing right now though. Uh because the truth is I think uh the criticism has probably gotten to him a little bit I think it's affected his work rate I think it's affected his performances Uh, if he can get back to his best um you know you're not going to see that criticism as much and and you know once he gets to his best he's gonna he's gonna be in excellent form gonna still be playing really well um being you know as talented as he is uh we're probably gonna end up seeing him in midfield this this season. Um probably probably gonna see that. I think that's that's kind of the reality uh, that we're in. Uh especially when Calvin Ramsey comes back uh from injury. Uh and he's he's on he's back on the bench now, but he's still yet to get his his moment for Liverpool. Uh I assume he probably does so in in the league cup and and, you know of course that free kick was was a belter uh no no two ways around that speaking of free kicks uh don't know if you've seen it ryan but uh mike morelli's uh free kick was quite the strike for Susquehanna uh last night um yeah, I had the privilege of calling that game uh, quite a fun game. You know, of course, Susquehanna men's soccer haven't won in 10. But uh, that, if that's the performance they're going to be putting in, I think there's a lot more promise for what's to come. Uh, because that Gettysburg team is is good. They were ranked last week. They went down to 10 and only lost 1-0 to, to the fifth-ranked team in the country in, in Johns Hopkins. Um, you know that that's a that's a really good team, and and to do what they did, Susquehanna, hold on for so long, is is a promising sign, and and they changed up the formation. They went to three five two, and it it paid off. You know they they looked a lot brighter. I don't
1: know. Me personally, I always like playing it in a back three. For soccer for for some reason, I love playing wing back or right center back, because it just gave me more license, I feel like. It gave me more just, you know, as a wing back, it gave me license to go up the field more and attack. And right back, you really couldn't have it when you play right wing back. And right center back, it, it let you defend and organize, which I feel like you don't really have playing right back for me my whole time. Because I just feel like it made it more clearly. Really. I could yell at people and, and organize them better, and more clearly, and it gave me more protection playing a back three i feel like because i knew i could make a challenge out of position if i was in right back and i had two guys i would cover the guys that would cover for me
0: yeah i mean i can i can i can understand your sentiment uh you know i as someone who played uh goalkeeper for most of my uh my playing days uh which unfortunately are behind us but you know hey intramural soccer starts in uh, not too long and uh we are going to probably win the whole thing because I am playing up front. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm playing up front. Mm-hmm. You got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh goals FC. I joined the team.
1: Real happy I'm looking for two more girls now and that's the team's complete.
0: Yeah, it's uh let's get let's get numbers in. Um you know, this is more of a question for, for the viewers, uh, but for you as well, Ryan, um, I've been thinking, uh, we, we should probably, we should probably get a guest in here, (laughs) um, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of, of presence, uh, on this campus, uh, you know, with soccer, uh, you know, and so for for those of you that are watching at home, uh, if you've got a suggestion um, for a potential guest, uh, let us know, and and we'll we'll do our best to uh, to get to that. All
1: right, so let's go to one more thing. I want to go to talk about yesterday's games, Milan, Chelsea. What did you think about that?
0: Well, uh, I didn't see it, but I, I have, I have heard that Rhys James had a very good game.
1: Very good. I'm talk- the last goal he scored. If you haven't seen it, oh my God, smashed it into the goal game. goalkeeper no chance. No goalkeeper in the world saved
0: that. <coughs> oh uh, yeah. Well, like, except me.
1: Uh, but too.
0: Yeah, Fukayo Tamori yeah,
1: is. He defended bad. I think it was on a goal. In my opinion, he put himself in a really bad position, and he and he made himself look kind of silly. When I'm talking about the Bamian goal, I think a Bamian shouldn't even have a chance to to get a strike on it. Yeah, I
0: mean, but you're probably right Reece there. Said. Yeah, Reese James. Wesley Fafana gets his goal, too. Um, One thing I'll I'll, that, did he score for Leicester at all? Yeah, yeah so I, you play two seasons at Leicester, you don't score once because Leicester are notoriously bad at set pieces. But uh, sign for Chelsea and you score just about straight away. Um,
1: I would say that, that AC Milan, the way they came out, and they came out with like some american style drip the way they put up the game interior american said,
0: style drip
1: the way they are that's the said if, if they're coming out like that they can't lose and they lost so i think they had to lead that i in guess the room. i Thierry guess that's
0: Henry a said. sign of uh of why you don't come out like an american for a soccer game um
1: another game let's talk about juventus and macabi haifa
0: yeah well uh Maccabi haifa no one expected them to to qualify. I think that's that's got to be said. Um,
1: but I know Di Maria had a great game, though. I'm talking about he could have had like four or five assists. I'm lucky to only get two. I think. Yeah, ended
0: up with three. Adrian Rabio scores twice. Uh, Rabio
1: could have had a hat trick. How'd this happen? You no, know, I'm telling you, Rabio. Rabio of a all people. He missed a bad chance.
0: And that's yeah.
1: But Di Maria was playing people through like it was nothing, like it was FIFA.
0: Di Maria is is one of those players. It's, he's got a, a whole lot of vision.
1: But it just looks so good. It just made me look at and see that Argentina could be a really good team with him on the field for the World Cup because it's just. He was yeah, I mean. In and making great plays for Vlahovic, I think, Rabio, everyone.
0: Yeah, I think I think the the big thing is uh, how to use what Argentina have in attack uh, the best way. You know, with with Messi, with Di Maria, um, of course, Lautaro Martinez. You know, and uh, and Dybala. There's a lot of talent there, and I think uh, if if you're uh, Lionel Scaloni. You gotta be aware of that, and you you gotta be able to to take advantage of. You gotta be able to take advantage of that uh, if you wanna, you know, go out there and and win the World Cup. Uh, you you've gotta be aware that you have to manage that. You have to manage that talent because it's it takes a it takes a good manager to to have four four creative attacking players work together in harmony, and it's it's not an easy task. If they can all rally around each other, I think they can do it though.
1: One thing I will say though is that I think Argentina they could do it though. I think they have a great chance.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's hard to uh question that Argentina have a have a great chance, you know. I think uh they have Good defenders, good attackers. They're in a good position to make to make it count. This is probably Messi's last World Cup. If there was ever a time for Argentina to win it, it would be now.
1: Let me ask you about the PSG-Benfica game. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a really good and great game. One thing I had a problem with, though, is that Lionel well, Messi by far was the best player on the field and the coach Gaultier took him off. He's taken him off a lot recently. Do you think there's a problem between Gaultier and Messi? Uh
0: no. I, I think I think Gaultier is presumably managing Messi. And I, I think that's something that does need to be done. Uh, because you know Messi is not physically what he was um, and you know playing three times in seven days is not easy uh as a what thirty four year old um it it's not the same uh and i think I think Gaultier is is doing well to to understand that and uh you know the last thing you want is is Messi running himself into the ground? Uh, so I, I don't think there's an issue between them. I think it's a it's a situation of of Gaultier, um, managing Messi well um, and and making sure that he doesn't uh, run himself into the ground because that's you know that's the last thing you want uh, you know one of your best players to to just you know kind of drop off have their form drop off because they've been uh they've not had enough uh rest, especially when it's when it's somebody uh, you know, that's that's on the older side obviously.
1: Yeah. Messi though, had a great game. If you didn't watch the game, I'm telling you some of He did, he did Messi play was well.
0: I have not seen the clip. I know he played well. I know he scored, but I've not seen.
1: You need to see the goal. The goal, I think it was between a one-two with Messi and Mbappe. Yeah, I think
0: all three of them were involved in that, weren't they?
1: Yeah, and I think Messi scored like I think from right outside the box, or maybe right inside the 18, a curler into top corner.
0: And that's that's what Messi does best, though. It's, that's that's his area. The, those those curlers from the edge of the box.
1: I think the position they have Messi playing right now suits him best though, because I was seeing Messi yesterday. He was a real playmaker. I'm talking about passes to Neymar where Neymar should have scored, passes to Mbappe, just looking good.
0: So that that ties in. Um, to another thing with Argentina. Um, how wh- where where do they go? Is it is it gonna be four two three one? Do you think is Messi gonna have to have to move into midfield? To
1: Messi has to play center attacking mid now. I don't see him playing wing. Messi as a playmaker. It's the best thing Argentina could do. Cause Messi, we've seen it for PSG as a playmaker. He looks real good. Messi cannot play on the wing anymore. I'm sorry. I love Messi, but the wing is not Messi's position anymore.
0: No, he he's got to be able because the the stamina is probably still there, but the pace is not.
1: I think, I think he's he's not as fast as you to but he's still quick
0: he's still quick he's still he's still very agile i just don't think he's as as fast like you know he he doesn't have the sprint speed uh, that he did uh even a couple years ago i think i think you know he's he's a player that his talents have to be managed right now this at this stage of his career um you know to get the best out of him and that's why we've seen such resurgence in him uh this season from last uh you know because he wasn't he wasn't getting used particularly well uh, by Pochettino, but Goltier knows what he's doing. I think Goltier is a much better manager for Messi, and I think you know you kind of have to have a manager that's good for a player of his quality. Um, I think is is super important, and and that was a really good hire by uh, by PSG, and I, I think that's their key if they if they want to finally get their hands in the Champions League. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's going to be all for Episode 3 of Soccer Spotlight. Uh, we will see you next time out. Uh, in a week's time, we'll uh, run through more stuff, and maybe we'll have uh, a guest to, uh, to speak with. But, uh, until next time. That's been Episode 3. Uh, we'll go again next week.